grab your wine, put your headphones on and relax. Let's rip open the cover of the sealed section. Welcome to After Dark with Louise Wilkinson. Brought to you by Flirt Adult Store Hamilton. Well, we're problem solvers here on After Dark and tonight is certainly no exception. Me and my ladies are really going to get you sorted in the bedroom. No, I know that might have conjured up some sort of fantasy, but let's get practical for a moment, shall we? Sindra is going to be along to tell you how TV and devices are cock-blocking you and something that you need to look at with your partner. And Gab talks about two willing participants who perhaps aren't talking the same sex language in the bedroom. Grab your notepad. This is going to be a huge information session for making your sex life sizzle. Welcome to May, everybody. I'm Louise Wilkinson, and this is After Dark. We all know the brain is the biggest sex organ, so it's no wonder there's a fair bit of psychology behind our sexual practices. Our resident sex and relationships therapist, Gabrielle Laurie, helps us navigate our way around the bedroom, or whichever room takes your fancy. What head are you thinking with on After Dark? What head are you thinking with? It is the question du jour this evening on After Dark, and it is always an absolute pleasure to welcome our sex and relationships therapist, Gabrielle Laurie, back to After Dark. How are you going tonight? Woohoo! Very excited. <laughs> Look, you, you, I always love having you on because it's always such a robust discussion. And tonight, we have in the past talked about mismatched libidos, where one partner feels like sex and the other one is a little bit off it. And that has its own challenges. But tonight, we're going to talk about two very willing participants that possibly don't have the same sex style. Mm. Absolutely. Different sex styles can be heartbreaking for couples, especially if they don't know how to uh, bridge that divide. Absolutely, because I think um, I remember there was on the Gwyneth Paltrow uh, Netflix show, I'm not sure, have you seen it? Have you seen that show? I've heard show Goop, is it, or something? I'm yeah. not sure. There's some sex show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Sex Love Goop, it's called. Right. Yeah, and they actually do, uh, what do they call them, sexual avatars. Wow. Mm. Wow. I better watch some more of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and they get to the bottom of exactly that. Wow. You know, what sort of avatar you have. And then the um, the counselor go, sort of goes into like when they're when they're different avatars, and wow. a lot of people are actually really surprised that their avatar is what it is because they um, they go, oh, you know, like I'm very I'm very straight and I like romantic sex, but it actually comes out that they're kinky. So <laughs> <laughs> it's it's quite interesting. But you know, on that we all have a sexual avatar and and stuff that we like, and. It's not because we don't want to connect with our partner and we don't want to have sex with our partner, but our, our languages are like one speaking Italian and one speaking English. It's not matching Absolutely. up. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it can create a lot of misunderstandings, our sexual differences, yeah. depending on the, what the meaning we put behind them. Mm. Often we don't see them just as differences. We might see them as a lack of respect if we've been brought up in a more strict 
neglect or sexually shameful kind of environment? Yeah, I could see that because I guess if you're, um, you know, if you're sort of a little bit edgy in the bedroom mm. and you're with someone who is very conservative, um, you know, they might see, you know, hair pulling or, or butt slapping or something like that as degrading. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. My partner and I had that problem in the beginning of our relationship. I was wanting to explore more rainbow avenues. Yeah. <laughs> and and he was quite, seemed quite vanilla, but he was actually just raised to be very, very respectful to women. Yeah. And so anything close to seeming like it could be disrespect, like any blindfolds, any tying the hands, anything like that, he just thought, oh, no, that means I'm disrespecting you, can't do it, it's wrong. And I'm going – but I said you could. <laughs> You've got consent. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And look, you know, consent is, you know, and like Gav and I over the time in this show have, have become, you know, quite good friends and, you know, I'm I'm nodding along with her here because, you know, we're on the same page. Um, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, it, yeah, it is when you when you sort of push that edge, um, it can be rare to actually find someone who um, meets you there. Yes. It's quite rare to actually have that, that um, level of exploration being at the same point. Yes, and that's why a lot of people do end up in maybe some abusive relationships or relationships with red flags where they're not really suited in any other way. They have no similar life goals, no similar values, but they have matching sex styles. So yeah. they think, yep, let's get married. This is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess. But don't do it. Yeah. And I guess the flip side of that. Yes. Yeah, yes. Don't do it. Yes. Don't because do you it. can't bring up kids in that environment yeah. where you're and having when, great sex but nothing else. Yeah. No good values yeah. or and goals. when you're eighty and you've got a um you know, a, a prosthetic hip, you can't <laughs> hang, hang from the chandelier anymore. So it'll only yes. take you so far. Yes. Yep. Exactly. Yep. But um you know, I guess the flip side of that is that if you have someone who wants to explore boundaries a little bit more and they're with someone who's vanilla but everything else is great, yeah, they may actually go outside of the relationship to find that. And, you know, because I, I guess I've heard a lot from, you know, we have uh, a sex worker uh, on the show and um, we have some people who are, uh, sort of frequent sex clubs and the majority of the time what they're saying is is that it's um you know people who are attached or married who are very happy with everything but they really want to explore kink or bdsm or um you know push those boundaries and they can't get their partner on board so it's it's a two-sided thing, isn't it? You can jump into – if the sex drives match, you can kind of jump into something that perhaps the rest of, you know, your relationship ain't that healthy. But on the flip side of that, your relationship can be healthy, but if that doesn't match, there's issues with that too. So my question to you is the million-dollar question, what is the solution? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely I would say – Going outside the relationship to see a sex worker should be your last, last port 
of, of call, call yeah. or a solution unless you're in an honestly open relationship where that is okay. Yeah. Because, um, yes, it's tempting when your relationship is perfect and and you've tried to bring up your sexual style with your partner and neither of you know how to bridge it, your sexual style turns your partner off and their sexual style turns you off and, but you don't want to leave them, you really love them, everything else is great, you're best friends, you're raising good kids together. You know, of course it's going to be tempting to go see a sex worker or go have an affair. However, that will bring you a whole hell of pain. It can cause PTSD to your partner in some cases, you know, the broken trust. The It's it's – it's if you really love your partner, it's not a good thing to do to them. You can no, you can discuss not. being open with them, like like how about we open it up? We've been together ten years. We have different sex styles, but we love each other and we want to stay together. You can discuss that. But the earliest step, probably the first step, you should do. Say you're in a relationship and you go, okay, we have different sex styles, but we want to stay together. And so acknowledge this out of the bedroom. You can say, hey, babe look, I've noticed I want to try kinky stuff and you're really into romantic, loving sex, you know, or um, uh, I really like slow sex and you like hard, fast sex and, you know, it doesn't work for me. So what you can do is you write down together outside the bedroom, just at the kitchen table, no kids around, turn phones off, you write down your yes, no and maybe list or you can come and do it with a sex therapist, a qualified sex therapist can help you with this. So basically you just read out every single possible sexual act that you could ever do and both of you put it on your yes, no or maybe list. So then you can go, okay, this is what we've got in common. And a lot of couples that, are, that do have different sex styles that come in to see me, they're quite surprised that they have a lot of stuff on their yes list mm. and they come in feeling depressed and like, oh, maybe we should break up. And I go, but you've got 20 things on your yes list. Like, that's pretty good. <laughs> that's <laughs> Have you a, tried all these? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Have you tried everything on the menu here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, just because a couple of things are on the hard no list, like, that's not that's not a reason to break up. Like, that's, you know, you might need to pleasure yourself in some ways or something. Like, if there's too much to lose, if you've got a relationship that's good in every other way, it's not worth leaving them because they don't want anal sex. Like, yes. <laughs> Unless you've got some. Try you explaining know. that to the in laws. <laughs> <laughs> I left her because she wouldn't do anal. <laughs> yeah. So, so that's the first, that's the first thing to do. And then, then, then generally I'll start couples off with, um, say I've got a couple where one likes kind of fast, rough or spontaneous or passionate sex. And the other person just wants to feel emotionally connected first and loving and romantic sex. So I, I start them off with the sensate focus exercises, which we've talked about in the past, yeah. which to start out with safe touch, sensual touch, and then sexual touch. And yes, for the person who likes passionate, spontaneous, fast sex, they can feel like, like oh no, it's going to be boring. or And, it, and sometimes it feels a bit triggering for them, a bit threatening, because they might lose their erection and then they go, oh, well, I'm not in the mood, so this is, you know, ruining it, having all this slow stuff. on. But then if they stick with it, they realise they do get in the mood. You know what I mean? Or there's people that have a fear of intimacy and that actually don't have much emotional intimacy with their partner, that mm. don't like having slow sex because it requires a level of vulnerability mm. that fast sex lets you avoid. Yes. 
So you've got to look at what else is going on in your relationship. Do you really love this person? You know, are you wanting to meet in the middle? And you can take turns. Some couples ended up going, okay, we have far sex one night a week and we have, you know, a slow sex on a Sunday. So then they're both happy, you know. Slow sex Sunday. I yeah. like it. <laughs> Yeah, it's great. <laughs> Fast but, sex Friday, slow sex Sunday. That's right. Follow us for more sex life hacks. <laughs> yeah, we just solved it. We have, we have. Oh, dear, we're genius. But listen, that that is really um, – and I guess what we're saying here is, as it usually does – you know, I know that people in the beginning, and I know we've converted a few over our time during this podcast, is that people come to hear all the, you know, the kinky stuff and the, and the sex tips and, you know, how can I make my, my man come in 10 seconds and, um, you know, like what spot do I hit? Um, where is the G spot? I know that's <laughs> why people are tuning in. But we have shifted the paradigm a little bit, and I'm very proud of that, is that in 99.9% of cases where there is a mismatch, the first place to start is an honest and vulnerable conversation. Absolutely, absolutely. And and I've had couples come in where they discovered both of them were submissives. Yeah. You know, and they wanted each other to be dominant. So neither of them were initiating any sex or having any sex. They still wanted each other and wanted sex, but they're waiting for the other one to rip their clothes off and push them on the bed. But they had to take turns. They had to learn <laughs> to be a switch. And they didn't like it at first, but then they got into it. Yeah. And they realised, oh, I can be a switch, even though I want to be dominated. We're both subs and we're both going to have to take turns. <laughs> yeah. I get it. But you know what? It's like I think that um, – and this is where it's such an interesting discussion and where your work is so important because I think that we just all go – like the saying is doing what comes naturally. Well, oh, yeah. there's a lot that we actually have to break down yes. and there's a lot that we actually have to consider – in terms of what our boundaries are, what style we like, are we dominant or submissive? Do we like slow sex? Do we like fast sex? You know, how do we feel about anal toys? Like there's all of these things that we really need to actually have a really good look at ourselves first before we can actually communicate that to a partner and find um, a middle ground. And I think that we just think that the sex life is going to take care of itself magically. Absolutely. All, all the movies, you don't see anyone, any couples falling in love and having pro- sexual problems. It all no. works easily. They have five orgasms on the kitchen bench. It's, you know, without barely even touching. There's no foreplay. It's all yeah. like, so it's very misleading, very unrealistic. And even if you're really, really in love and you feel like soulmates, you might have different sexual styles. And maybe we're here to grow. Maybe we're not here to, you know, meet perfection and live in boredom, maybe we're here to grow bigger as people and go, oh, okay, I can learn to be a switch and I can actually enjoy it. Yeah. You know? Um, And growth doesn't sit in comfort. Exactly. Mm. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, it's really, you know, uh, and there was the couple that where the guy wanted hard, fast sex and the girl wanted slow romantic sex she realised that she thought it w- he was being disrespectful, that he didn't care about her. And he admitted that he was worried he was going to lose his erection. 
So yeah. he was scared, you know, he wouldn't be able to please her if they didn't do it hard and fast because then he wouldn't have an erection. And so he learnt to have slower sex, but she learnt to not make it mean that he didn't love her. Yes. Yes. I get it. I get it. <laughs> yeah. You know, and just these conversations can, you know, I, I guess in your practice you would see the light bulb go off. Yes. When you actually drill down, yeah, in, with a lot of couples and the and yeah. the you know the penny drops and it's like, you know, yeah, he's not disrespecting me or yeah, um, yeah, he does love me, wants yeah. to please me, yeah. Wow, yeah, that's blown my mind. Well, look, um, I hope that we have inspired you today to get a piece of paper out, sit down at the kitchen table, turn your phones off, make sure the kids are in bed. And really get vulnerable and honest about what your sexual archetype might be, what your partner's is, and how you can meet in the middle. And like you say, once that conversation is actually out on the table, you may think that you're polar opposites only to find that you do actually have a fair few things in common and a fair few menu items to pick from. Yes, yep. Yeah, and then you can discuss the other delicacies at will. <laughs> Perfect, that's right. <laughs> Gab, thanks so much for joining us once again on After Dark. It's always a pleasure. You're welcome. The new Flirt Adult Store has everything for fun in the bedroom or the bathroom or the lounge room. And with the biggest range, there's always something new. Flirt Adult Store. Find us on Facebook or 90 Beaumont Street. Sometimes cheeky, always fun. It's After Dark with Louise Wilkinson. Brought to you by Flirt Adult Store, Hamilton. Now, I don't know about you, but... Every Monday morning, I get a screen time report on my phone and I have been known to cringe at how much I've been death scrolling the week before. I am very guilty of falling down the hole that is the internet, sometimes to my own detriment, certainly at the expense of my productivity. But what happens when death scrolling or just getting absorbed in the latest YouTube video that you really don't need in your life is blocking your intimacy in your intimate relationships. Well, Sindra Banks has a fair few thoughts on that and I'm sure I'm going to get another schooling as she is so want to do. (laughs) Sindra, welcome back to After Dark. Thank you, thank you. Now, look, this is a a bit of an issue. It's an issue for everyone, right? Mm. Because we're all like a little bit addicted to our phones. We're all a little bit addicted to like some kind of like Netflix series, like whatever you're into. And we often think about screen time as a reward, kind of like kids, right? It's like, Yay, me, I've gotten to the end of my day. I'm such a good adult. So now I'm going to just sit down and I'm going to zone out for like three hours. Exactly. And it's, you know, like a little reward. Yeah. Well, it's actually sort of scientifically proven that those things, like even just getting like a text message from someone you care about, it gives you this dopamine spike. And so we go chasing the dopamine with our phones. Mm. Yeah. 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 So what often happens is that we're sitting down where – Essentially watching TV and on our phones at the same time, you know, because you can't just do one, you have to do both. Um, And 
your partner is next to you doing the same thing uh, and it gets to 10, you know, 10, 11 o'clock and then you're really tired so you just kind of mosey off to bed and sex just isn't even on the table or maybe one of you is like, hey, you want to, you know, and they're like, no, I'm too tired. Just watch like three hours of Game of Thrones or whatever you want. Yeah. So it's like all of this time, like, you know, clients tell me like, we don't have time. We don't have time. We're really busy. We don't have time. And then I'm like, cool. How many hours of TV do you watch each night? Mm. And they're like, oh, at least two. Cool. Get rid of that. That's yeah. That's your time. You know, that's your time because you're sitting there watching TV and on your phone. You're not connecting. Yeah. It's not quality time. Like that doesn't count as time to spend together. Like that does not count. <laughs> It does not count for your quality time because you're not spending the time together. You're not interacting. You're not talking. You're not connecting. And often what I find with people that aren't having intimacy or aren't having as much intimacy as they would like is that they're spending all every night, all night watching TV. And then sometimes bringing their phone into the bed and then scrolling in the bed. Next yeah. to their partner. Yeah. I actually saw a meme the other day that said Netflix should have a uh, section that is things that are easy to watch while I'm scrolling on my phone. Like, yeah, yeah I don't know whether you've ever really broken down because we, we kid ourselves with our phones. We kid ourselves that we're doing business on our phones. So we're checking yeah, emails and we're working and we're, you know, pre- like – creating content. We're doing all of these things, right? But when you actually break it down and you look at how much time you're on Instagram and Facebook because it all breaks it down for you, you go, oh, my mother, wow. And it's hours every day. Hours. Hours. And, of course, some of those are justified. And, of course, you need to have your screen time, you know, do the thing. However, when that comes to the detriment of your relationship and your intimate time together, when that is suffering and you're saying my phone is more important than my relationship, my catching up on maths is more important than my relationship, that's an issue. Yes. Because you're saying that that TV show or that Instagram, like scrolling is more important than sex and intimacy and then you're resenting that you don't have sex and intimacy, you don't have connection, that's an issue. And it it's it's everyone. Like this is not just a few select people, this is everyone. Absolutely. Um, and the, the real irony yeah. to it is is that when we're on our phones and we're messaging our girlfriend or we're catching up on someone from high school that we haven't seen since we were 15's life, we're actually – our brain is actually seeking that connection. It's all about mm. connection mm. and that's why social media in itself is so addictive. But we have the main person in our lives sitting beside us and we're ignoring them. Like when you actually break it down and you look at it, you go, what an idiot. And just in my own life, what has made a massive difference to me, I don't know whether you've ever done this and it's actually um, – quite alarming when you first bring it in how quickly this crops up but I've actually put time limits on all of my socials so it's two hours a day 
And in the beginning, I was going through that by 9 a.m. And I'm like, how did I get there? I was Mm -hmm. working. No, I wasn't. I was death scrolling. No. Yes. Look, time limits are good if you have good self-restraint. But most people I speak to about time limits, they just override them. So (laughs) I've got a... (laughs) <laughs> I've got a couple of, not rules, but I've got a couple of suggestions for people if they want to start to have their phones less, at least in their intimate time, at least yep. in that evening time where it might be nice to connect instead of being on your phone. Yes. Number one is like at least have one or two nights a week, and I'm talking about like Monday to Friday nights, where you don't turn the TV on. Mm. So one or two nights where it's TV free. And often I say to people, you have to plan what you're going to do on those nights. Otherwise you'll be like, it'll feel like a lot if you don't have a plan. So maybe on those nights you cook a really nice dinner, like a gourmet dinner and kind of go a bit slower with, with dinner time. Or maybe you have like a card game or something that you can kind of play and interact together, read a book to each other, something like that. So you have an activity to do. Um, that really works because you're like, hey, Tuesday, Thursday, no TV, sweet. Set it at the start of the week so you kind of stick to that. Um, the other one is no phones in the bedroom. Oh, yes. Yes. No phones in the bedroom. Of course, have your alarm. Like, you know, have your alarm, have your phone on airplane mode or on silent um, if you need to use that for an alarm. But no scrolling next to each other in bed. That's not hot. No, it's like, not I wanna, hot. You know, I don't want to fuck you when you're, like, looking at, like, memes on the internet. Like, that's <laughs> not sexy. You're not, like, really. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you. the girl speaks the gospel. I mean, it really is <laughs> not sexy, is it? And there is something to be said by, like, for making that bedroom, you, you know, your sacred space, like you know, keeping the phones out. If your excuse is that it's your alarm is on your phone, a, an alarm clock from Kmart I believe costs $11 uh, and it might be a smart investment if you want some more sexy time in your life because, yeah, it's big. And the amount of people that the first time, what they do when they wake up is they don't reach for their partner, they reach for their phone. Yeah. It's this is big. This is a big thing mm. I coach all of my couples around. This always comes up every single time. She spends too much time on her phone. He spends too much time on his phone. She watches too much TV, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. So I'm like, cool. Well, let's just talk about that. So no TVs in the bedroom. Like get the TV out of the bedroom. You don't need it in there. That's that's just not again, like that's not hot. No. You're watching like sitting there watching TV at night, like in the in bed, like not hot. I don't I don't want to have to sit. No. <laughs> Unless you're like, unless you're watching like some really like sexy porn, like maybe, but you know, no, no thanks. It's cool. We can do without the screen in the bedroom. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, and then sometimes like no phones after a certain time. So, like no phones in the bedroom, cool. Maybe like no phones after eight pm. Yeah. You know, no one needs to work after eight pm. Real realistically. We, yeah, it's, it's they don't, and there is this. I think we put a lot of pressure on ourselves because as a society we have got used to the immediacy. So we think if we don't answer that client's DM mm-hmm. at 11 o'clock mm-hmm. at night, they're going to be lost mm-hmm. to us forever. Mm-hmm. Putting those <laughs> yeah. parameters around uh, 
our important time because we work to live, not live to work is yeah. so crucial. And just making that person that you're with feel prioritised as well. Exactly. Making them feel prioritised, making them feel seen, being able to have that chance to connect so sex doesn't feel so distant. You know, you've had more connection time, you've had more quality time, you've had more physical touch. So when you do want to have sex, it doesn't feel so far away. Like I've been on my phone all night or now, you know, now we can have sex. It's like, no, phones have been down since eight, TV's been off, and then you have all of that time together. And that's like, that's the most special time of all. Yeah, 100% it is. And just consciously making the choice to do those connection nights and really prioritise your main relationship uh, because I'm sure that you've probably seen like on the other side of that, you know, couples that have split up and, um, you know, maybe one didn't see it coming and the other's like, well, they were always on their phone or watching television or whatever and they've actually, they're together, they're physically together in the same room but they're not connecting. And there's so many cool things that you can do. There's cards that you can buy and ask yourself intimate questions and uh, there's you know, you can even get like a paint and sip delivered to your house. There's so many things. Like I even just say to clients, write a list of fun things that don't involve screens and then just pull it out of a jar, you know, so yeah. you Tuesday, Thursday night, you pull something out of a jar that you'd like to do that's fun. There's like give sort of massages, like go for an evening stroll around the block, like go have a glass of wine, look at the moon. Like there's so many things that we can do and we just – get lazy and think that TV or watching a movie together is the answer. And it's like, you're not going to, you're not going to be like at the end of your relationship think, Oh gee, all those hours we watch those movies. That was so special. You're not going <laughs> to remember that. It's going to be like <laughs> those 25 seasons of that show that we watched was just so special to me. Oh, we're not going to remember yeah. that. <laughs> Such a nourishing time in our relationship, watching someone get maimed on Game of Thrones yeah, really exactly. brought us closer exactly. together. It was just like it was just like so romantic, and I felt so connected to my partner. When we watched those scenes, you know. No, that's what we remember, and it's we actually the times quite, that we had a yeah. candle at dinner or something. Hundred you percent, know? and it's actually quite interesting. Is that a um, couple of weeks ago on the show, Luke and I were talking about maths, and listen. If you want to get annoyed at the opposite sex, there is nothing that will do that quicker for you than maths. And then you're annoyed with the opposite sex and then there's your partner who has done nothing and you're annoyed because, you know, like old mate was a narcissist and gaslit his math. Like, (laughs) right. It's like it's not helping people. It's no. not helping. Let's just no. turn, let's just turn the screen off, the TV off, the phones off, and like actually have a conversation. Yeah. And you know what? If you can't do that, if you can't do all that and have a conversation with your partner, if that's not enough for you, there's something wrong with your relationship, and you need to work on it. Yeah, one hundred percent. If you're and, using yeah. if you're using TV and screens as a numbing tool, as an avoidance tool for your relationship then there's an issue that needs to be worked on. 100% there is. And that's where people like Syndra come in to help you navigate through these tricky relationship quadmires. And this is certainly one. And I think that there's probably a lot of people listening who will be going, mm, 
yeah, actually, that's me. There is things that you can do and you can find Syndra on Instagram at Syndra Banks. Reach out to her, send her a DM and she can help put you on the path to real connection in your relationship. Syndra, as always. This is your last one on Australian soil, I must say. You'll be coming to me from Thailand next time we chat. So good luck with the travel and I can't wait to uh, speak to you in steamy Thailand next fortnight. All the best, my friend. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Sometimes cheeky, always fun. It's After Dark with Louise Wilkinson. Brought to you by Flirt Adult Store, Hamilton. Well, as the chill settles in for another night, it is always my pleasure to warm up your Tuesdays. I'll see you back here, same bat time, same bat channel, next Tuesday night from 5 o'clock on Newcastle Live. I'm Louise Wilkinson. Thanks for listening to After Dark.